Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to uh, the Vineyard. We're glad you're with us as we continue on in our series called Living Invitations. And uh, you can see we're 15 weeks in. I don't really know where the end is yet, but that's okay. I do long series. I find a thread, and I'll just keep going with it. And, and uh, what we're talking about in this series is about the church uh, and that um, we're the church. You know, I've said that the church is, whenever you read about the church in the Bible, it's about people, either historically the people of God from uh, the people of Jesus from the, his time until now, or uh, a group of believers in a specific place, but it's, that's the church. And so we're the church, and because the church is people, it's about relationships, and it's about our relationship with God, our relationship with one another as believers, and our relationships with um, people that are not yet believers. And those are pretty much developed in the context of worship, our relationship with God, fellowship, our relationship with one another, and mission uh, in our relationship with those who don't yet know Jesus. And we've been talking about mission pretty much throughout this series so far, and I'm actually going to finish that up, that part of the discussion today, and uh, we'll, we'll be looking at, once again, 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21 in just a moment as the foundation for our mission. That's where we're headed. Um, that's the intro. Transition, always a bad joke or two or just something like that. So I think, I, I think maybe my neighbor's stalking me. Uh, they've been Googling my name on their computer. Yeah, I saw it through my telescope last night. It's just weird, right? So dad's barbecue and the kid walks in. Hey, dad, what's for dinner? The dad says, Wookiee steaks. Kid says, are they good? He said, well, they're a little chewy. Star Wars humor. Nah. All right, this one's bad too, but Pastor Billy sent it to me. He said to say hi. What do you call a letter without a stamp on it? It doesn't matter. You won't get it anyway. Ah. <sighs> Scripture reading here on purpose. 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, and all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to dig in today into those last verses, 16 through 21. We're going to break them down and talk about them and talk about, again, being a people of mission. And, and like I said, I've spent a lot of time on this part 
of um, the series. But, but see, the, the thing is, and we're going to move in next into talking about, you know, some discipleship stuff and some fellowship stuff and some worship stuff, which is very, very important. But mission is so important because that's what we're doing now. See, we, we also, we're worshiping, I get that, and we're fellowshipping, and I get that, and, and you know, we're continuing to grow. But we'll do that throughout eternity. The church that's gone on before us is still doing those things. I, I, you know, they're still, they're worshiping and they're fellowshipping. They have all that going on. The church still has that going on. What they can't do any longer is the mission part because they've done their part. But for us, see, that's, that's the, the heart of it right now. That's the part that we need all the parts working, but we need to make sure that we understand that that's our role. That's why we're here. That's, that's what's taking place for us right now. We need to do our part as a church so that it continues on until he comes back for us. So we've spent, you know, weeks now talking about mission. And these verses in 2 Corinthians really sort of hold, I think, for me, in tension, this life that we're called to live. And so, you know, let's hop right in. Point number one in your notes is, again, uh, how we see people. How we see people. 2 Corinthians 5.16. So from now on, we regard, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Uh, we talked and touched on this a little week ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I'll bring it up often because we're a people of mission. We often have a problem with our eyes. And by that I mean we don't see people the way that God does. We, we, we don't see the beauty of their potential. And, and if we're not careful, we're quick to sort of label and judge people by what we see on the outside, and we forget the bigger picture that we're involved in. And, and so... We, we always need to ask God to help us see people the way that, that He does. And, and if we don't get this part, we'll never really be the people of mission that we're called to be. And when we don't have that part down, we, we don't really experience the life that He's called us to and that, that He's given us and wants us to have in Him now and forever. And so we need to be constantly asking God to help us see people the way that he does, that, that, that our heart would be like his, that our concern would be like his, that our compassion would be like his for the lost, that we would remember the lengths he's gone to to make a way for the lost to be restored, and that that would be at the heartbeat of our mission, that uh, we would never just become, you know, a group of people that feels like, hey, we're in, we're good, and that's all there is to that, and we just, you know, whatever, they're on their own. That could just never be where we come from or who we are. And we can never see people that way. because So we ask him all the time, God, let me see people the way that you do. Let that be what happens. Whenever I'm encountering people, let me see it as a potential for ministry. It, it may not move into anything, but, but let me just be open to the fact that perhaps someone today is going to need something that I can do, a kind word, a smile, uh, a prayer, uh, some sort of assistance, something that I might be able to do that makes a difference. Let me at least be open to that. I want to be seeing people the way that you do. And, and fighting the tendency to allow people to just become scenery or machinery in our lives. That's what often happens with people. They blend into the scenery so we don't even see them. We're missing things that people are going through because we don't see them. And, and maybe sometimes the only time we notice them is that they're part of the machinery and the machine's not working the way we want it to for us. And we take it out on them. And, uh, and so... We don't want to see people that way. We want to see them the way that God does. That these are people with a story and, and a life and, 
and you know, and it's very possible as you encounter them, they really aren't connected to Jesus, and and they're they're they need that. We know that they need it, and so we wanna we wanna be that on uh, some sort of light, some sort of you know connection for them that helps them in the process. And so part of this whole thing is remembering this point. Second point is that. You know, it's about being a, a new creation in Christ. So as believers, we're, we're new creations in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. See, so we're talking about how we see things. What we need to remember when we're asking God to help us see the way that he does is that for us, we're so fortunate in that God chooses to see us in Christ as new creations. Uh, we, we touch on that all the time. That's what justification is, that, that God now sees us in the perfection of His Son. And, and how amazing is that, that that's how He looks at us? Because w when we're honest, we know that, that even though now we've come to Christ and we get that we're, I, I understand I'm a new creation, but I still got a lot of old creation stuff happening. And, and uh, I'm not arrived yet. Uh, but, but I know because of what He's done, He sees me as a new creation. And so there's something about figuring out this whole way of seeing things that we have to remember how God chooses to see us in Christ and that he wants us to see others um, through his eyes. Now, the beauty of potential and what that means, because people need to come into relationship with him. Matthew 7, 3 through 5 says this, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I, I love this illustration, because when you think about it, here's the, here's the deal. Um, we tend to look at people like they're the ones with the planks, and we're the one with a little bit of sawdust. And Jesus said, it's not like that. You're the one with the plank, and other people's stuff is like sawdust because the plank that you have to deal with in yourself is big enough that that's really all you got time for. You don't really have time to get out there and explore everybody else's mess because yours is enough. You'll be working on your plank. All that that's sanctification. The Holy Spirit will help you. Your plank will be a work in progress until Jesus comes back, and then there'll be no more plank. But it's stuff that we have to work with, and the realization of that should help us ultimately to see the way He wants us to, that, that we realize we're on this journey with Him and that the Holy Spirit is in us and that's the difference of, you know, between us and people that don't know Jesus and He's at work in us, which is amazing and uh, it's a process that we're going through. So remember all the time as people of mission, you know, one of the things we, we say all the time and you're, you're, about, you're probably going to know what I say when I start, we're, we're about living by trying to do the next right thing. That's how we live in this world. And um, um, and that's, you know, allowing the Spirit in us to change us as we go. And, and yet sometimes we, we don't quite measure up. So we don't need to be hypocrites. You know, we want to continually try to do the next right thing. I'm, I never look. I'm, I don't wake up looking for loopholes or I'm not going, well, today I'm really going to go and do the wrong thing. That's never my heart. But um, the reality is sometimes I will still make those choices. And, uh, and I need to know that God's with me and for me and forgives me and He's going to, you know, empower me again to continue on. But, but I have to get a hold of that process, grace, 
And when I understand my need for grace, I'm quicker to spread it and let it extend through me to others. It keeps us from being judgmental. That's what that verse is about. And if we get judgmental and critical, we, we go way off mission. Because it's very hard for people to see through that, to come to know Christ and uh, His amazing love for them. And so we, we want to be people that see the way He does, filled with the grace of God, and then um, understanding the message of reconciliation. That's point number three. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So the ministry of reconciliation is extending the message of, of preaching the good news, the gospel. Now, I know that uh, I've talked about the gospel a lot in the good news in this series on mission because it's, you know, it's the reason that we're on mission is to uh, help people understand the gospel so that they can respond to it. And so we've, we've talked about it. In fact, the last two sermons, I, I read the verses in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, so that you begin to resonate with them, that the gospel, you know, is, is uh, you know, that, that Christ died for our sins um, and was buried and rose again, that that's the heart of the gospel. And the reason that that's important for people to know is because God is perfect. And, and we are not. We're, we've all sinned. We've all chosen to sin. Our sins separated us from a perfect, holy God. And that, that it, it, no matter how hard we try in our own strength, we're not going to be perfect. We can't breach this gap. That's the issue that people need to understand. There's no way for us to... And culturally, we go, oh, we just got to be good people. But it's not. It's perfect. And we can't get back to perfect. So that's the problem. We couldn't fix it no matter how hard we tried. So God comes. Jesus, fully God, fully man. He enters the scene. Lives the life that we couldn't live. A perfect, sinless life. And then He willingly goes to the cross where He exchanges His life for ours and His blood covers our sin. And he He's buried. Then He defeats death and He rises again. And when He does, there's a way for us now to be reconciled to God. We believe in faith. Uh, of the gospel. We take it in and we understand that's our way to be reconciled to God. It's not about our performance. It's not about our good works. It's none of those things. It's just receiving by faith what God has made happen for us in Christ. And when we believe that, we're reconciled to Him. So, so that's the, the ministry and the message of reconciliation is helping people to understand that and finding their way back to Him. And so that's at the heart of what we do and what we say in the world. That's the message. The message hasn't changed for 2,000 years. How we communicate it changes because culture changes. But the heart of the message never changes. That's the way back to the Lord. So we're to tell people so they can be reconciled to Him as well. So what that makes us then, point number four, is His ambassadors. We're His ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20 We're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making His appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So when you come to Christ, you become a citizen of heaven. That's your citizenship. And, and now you're representing him. You represent the kingdom of heaven to the world around us. That's what ambassadors do when they go to another place. They, they, they talk up. They speak up about where they're from. They, they, they're the representative of that place. We're representatives of the kingdom of heaven. And, and so 
this is, you know, our standing. It's who we are. So it, God is, is in effect using us to implore others to become reconciled to God. It's a, it's a very outward focus. Um, loving people the way that God does so they can come to know Him. John 3.16 and 17. Most of you will know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Sometimes people don't know verse 17. That's why He came. He, he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. That there was a way for people to be reconciled to God. So, so what does that mean then to us? How do we get people to hear and receive this amazing good news, this message, this life-changing message? The, the, the reconciliation that's available to them. And so, so ultimately, we have to love them enough for them to listen. That's, that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to love people well enough so that they listen and hear and ultimately respond to the good news. And, and we do that, final point, by becoming His righteousness. Becoming His righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now that verse to me is sort of at the heart of everything. And, and it, it's the verse that sort of focuses us, I believe, on what we're supposed to do. It's about becoming the righteousness of God because of what... God has done for us in Christ. So that 2 Corinthians 5.21 is very important. So we have some things that we try and do to help you know that verse. Like at the end of every message, I always tell you to be thankful for five things, right? Which is a really good practice. And then I always tell you to do what? Encourage two people. You even got the hand signs, right? So that one more lost child comes back to the Father. So that's five, two, and one. It's, it's on purpose. So that you have, oh, 521. Well, that's that verse about becoming his righteousness. But what does it mean to become his righteousness? Well, righteousness, people have a lot of different ways to define righteousness. But I define it this way. It's about being right with God in Christ, which is how we're right with him. And then doing what's right. Living by doing the next right thing. That's what that means. That's what we're called to be. We, we come and we, we get right with God. And, and we do that in Jesus. That's, it's not a works thing. It's not a performance thing. It's not a rule-based thing. It's uh, about understanding His grace and how much He loves us and receiving the message ourselves and coming to Christ in faith as our Lord and Savior. And then as the Holy Spirit dwells in us now as part of that whole deal, we're learning to yield to the Spirit by doing the next right thing and at least trying to do the next right thing. And then in the process, you know, when we don't do the next right thing, we grow because that's when we turn and we go back to God and, and we, we confess our sin. You know that, that word confess, very important. Homo logeo, is, it's a Greek word, and, and it means same word. So confess isn't, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's, it's not. It's about saying, your word was right. I was wrong. And the reason that that's so important and the reason that's there is over time we begin to realize that His Word's always right. His way is right. We need to do it His way. That's where we find life. 
We're tempted to take shortcuts, we're tempted to go our own way, and we'll sometimes give in, but over time, through the course of our lives, we, we learn to yield to the Spirit and, and to do it His way. And, and, and that should be the course of your life. For those of you who have been walking this journey now for a while, you, you've certainly seen things change in your life. You're not perfect yet. What happens is we'll, we'll get it yielded to the Spirit in one area, and then the Spirit will start to work in another area. And He'll work on that for a while. And we can either choose to cooperate or not. And, and if we don't cooperate, you know what happens? That baby comes right around again. And, uh, and we'll, we'll just keep finding its way until we sort of yield on that thing, and then He moves us on. And that's the process of our life. But He's at work within us. And so, because we know we're not perfect, we don't need to run around pointing fingers at everybody how bad they are. We're just going to love on them. And the difference being is that we've come to know the one who has the cure, basically, for life. That's Jesus. And he, it all happened by faith. We didn't earn it. He did it for us. And we heard the message at some point, somewhere, and we responded to it. And that's the only thing that's different from us and the people that haven't yet. And so we want them to hear and, and have a way that they can respond. And so that's why it's important for us to be a people of mission and what that means and what it looks like. And, and so, you know, be praying. God, help me see people the way you do. And and start to pray, God, let me, let me have opportunities to be kind to people, to encourage people. And, and Lord, you know, maybe, you know, even sometimes share some of this stuff with them when it, when it comes up to, to help them, Lord. I want them to know uh, life and, and the way that it's intended for them, not in a mean way, not in a critical way, not in a judgmental way. God, give me wisdom to know when to speak and how to speak it. But, Lord, I, w- I want to be effective. I want to I be the church uh, until you come back to get us. So, so that's what I want you to think about, and then we're going to start talking a little bit about discipleship next week, and, and we'll, we'll spend a little time in that part of the series, but uh, we're going to wrap up this little sub-series there, but we'll still be in Living Invitations next week, we'll just have a new little sub-idea. All right, so that's good for today. If you're watching by video, thanks for watching, we appreciate you doing that. Love for you to come and visit us and be a part. Uh, if you need prayer, go to the website, keysvineyard.com, there's a prayer page, and if you Put you in a prayer request. We'll pray for you, and we hope to see you soon. God bless you.